Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people and others in the autism community to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their advice. If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'd also appreciate it if you give a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. Organizations whose mission to make the world a better place instantly are very attractive to me because that is exactly why I founded Autism Personal Coach. So I'm excited today to have the chance to talk with Tom Maloney of Blue Star Recyclers and to learn how they use recycling to create jobs for people with disabilities. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Tom, thanks so much for joining us today. My my pleasure. I wanted to start out by learning, uh, where does your story in the uh, autistic community begin? Um, Well, I was diagnosed kind of later in life. I was uh, about 30 years old before I got my diagnosis. I always knew something was kind of off. You know, I was was in, I I had an IEP back when I was in school, but it was a very kind of progressive school. Like, oh, people just learn at their own pace. They were kind of, they didn't quite get the um, diagnosis until... Yeah, until I was about 30 years old, so that's when I got my start. (laughs) Now, you've worked for Blue Star Recyclers for three years now, and their mission is to recycle electronics and other materials to create local jobs for people with autism and and other disabilities. I read that you've had a passion for electronics since you were a child. What is it about electronics that, uh, you know, fascinates you that you're passionate about? Um, I think electronics and computers in general. I've always loved. Even when I was my, even when I was a kid, I loved taking stuff apart. My my parents would um, would literally buy me stuff from the thrift store for for Christmas sometimes to just take apart to like seeing what was inside and seeing all the different pieces. And, and I've also always been you know when the, like, I had a Nintendo when they first came out. I've always been a, a gamer and into computers and videos and video games that kind of stuff. So. It's always been kind of always been a, a, a passion of mine. I'm always impressed by people that can take things apart because if I take it something apart, it'll never be put together again. Yeah, yeah. That that I was that, that took me a lot longer to get good at that. At that when I was young, I was just definitely just taking it apart. But oh. <laughs> putting it back together is still. <laughs> I had the original Nintendo as well. What were some of your uh, favorite games to play on that? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, my favorite thing I had was called a, 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 a boy and his, his, his blob. And it was this you know, little alien you took around and used to help solve tasks. And you give him different flavored jelly beans. You turn, you turn it into different items. It's kind of a <laughs> game. That and uh, the Duck, DuckTales game was another good one, too. Okay, yeah. So with, with Blue Star Recyclers, um, it's, you know, it's a social enterprise. What value... For you, does that bring to you working for an organization like that that focuses on kind of um, social well-being? Oh, it's it's it brings a lot of value because it gives a little meaning to the work I do. Like you know, like for I don't know, probably fifteen years 
before this, I worked at a, a, a amusement park. I did lights and sound at their, their their shows, and I did worked on haunted houses. I have a degree in uh, theater and film, but it was sort of a you know it was the same job. It was a seasonal job, and it was just kind of put on the show and just kind of. But it was it wasn't paid very well. But here, you know, I'm getting you know the work I'm doing helps the environment, helps the community, it helps. It just it just gives me gives meaning to the work that I I do. Does it make it easier to kind of like you know? There's some days where we just don't want to go to work, don't want to work. Does it? Does yeah, that... it, does, it does make it easier. I know there's a, there's a, a pre like even when I was doing theater. That's why that's why I like doing theater. You know, you're putting on a show for people. Here you go. You know, you're helping save the environment. There's a there's a greater bigger picture. Like I mean, like they say, you know, folks on the spectrum tend to be good at you know, repetitive tasks and that kind of stuff. But it's also good to then have a a meaning behind those, those tasks. Mm -hmm. Now with, with Blue Star, you've become the first disabled senior leadership level employee as the resale and digital marketing manager. Sounds like, um, definitely would keep you, you busy. What exactly does a resale and digital marketing manager do? So yeah, we have, we have a non nonprofit and social enterprise. So we everybody has to wear a, a lot of hats. So um, the, for the re- resale part, we all we were when I started here, we were bringing in com- com- computers, electronics, and everything we're, was just getting taken apart and sent downstream to the the company that grinds it down, sends, separates it, the metals and plastics, and sells it back to manufacturers. But about 20 percent of the computers we got in still had life in them. So I started collecting those to the side and testing them and uh you know then we learned how to sell we learned where to sell ram and processors little components and things so like the stuff that we used to be getting four dollars a, a, a pound for we can sell for like you know two hundred dollars for a little tiny chip and so that was the, sort of the resale part so we started um and we're also as part of that we're also learning how to take some of the computers that we we get in and refurbish them for other nonprofits, low-income families, that kind of thing. Because especially right now, in the pan- pandemic, if you don't have a computer at at, at home, it's you can't work or go to school. <laughs> Digital marketing side, you know, when, when I first started here, um, we didn't have the resale program, and I was sort of doing the front counter. But then we got a, a, a small grant to do uh, some Facebook and social media ad, ad, advertising, and I've always been really big into social media and. and been on the internet for forever, so I started. I sort of took over the running the Facebook page and and, and uh, then started the Google ads and all this kind of stuff. So you know that's that's the, the digital marketing part is like learning using social media like LinkedIn and and uh, Facebook and all those kind of sites. What have you learned from like using the Google ads and stuff like that? Because I have to do a lot of social media stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've always liked it because it sort of gives me time to, to process like, you know, um, sometimes vocal conversations or conversations on the phone, you know, it takes, you know, like I'll, I'll just say yes to things because you know, the conversation is going a bit fast, but then like, if I, if I've but on online, you can actually like, you know, type out your message and, you know, you can edit it a little bit, you can send it, um, you can read their response and process it. You know, there's, um, it's really that a lot, a lot of that part of it has been helpful, and also like not just for business, but just like even 
socially. I met, I actually met my girlfriend on, on Facebook. She lives in, in Scotland, but I've been to visit her a couple times now, but you know, it's, it's a time to, because, you know, it, it helps with the processing of communication, you know. Now you started out as a part-time employee at Blue Star uh, and progressively took on additional roles and responsibilities. What do you what do you think you did as an employee that kind of led you to getting the promotions within the company and now being at a senior leadership level? Mostly, I just um, it was you know being willing to to take on ex, 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 extra new 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 tasks like being able to like you know like I'd be like I'm not sure if I can do this thing but I'll you know I'll give it a try like I can you know I can um, it's one of the like sort of social like social fakes I learned when, when talking about interviews and stuff is like, can you do, can you do this thing? Even if you can't, even if you're not entirely sure if you can do it, you're like, yeah, I can do that. I can, I'll take it on. I'll, I'll, I'll try it. And you usually, yeah, I was just willing to like, I'd see something, see something that needed to be, that was uh, like, I think, Oh, I gotta figure out how we can do this better. I couldn't. So generally just being um, proactive and using and like, you know, I don't have the, most executive function, but I still was able to like cap into some of that and be like, Oh, here's our sort of like, here's now somebody doing this job would probably do it better. And so here's, I learned, learned sort of how to do it. So you were just kind of open to the possibilities mm-hmm. and just, you know, say yes and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, and, and also being willing to, I mean, you know, be like, or like if somebody's doing something else, you can just go, it's okay to be like, Hey, show me how to do that. Like if you're in a, a downtime and somebody else is doing a different job, be like, Oh, what are you working on? How can I, you know, show me how to do that? <laughs> were there some Were there some things you said yes to after trying them once or twice that you kind of went back to management and said, "I don't know if this is for me." Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always uh, some things like I used to. I was working in the front end at, at first, and I've on top, of, on top of everything else, I was born about a month early and have some uh, fine and gross motor uh, issues. So like that was some. I was like, yeah, I was willing to like help carry the big TVs, but. I'm, I'm a bigger guy and not the, not the best in shape, so I was able to. I said, you know, if I could find me a, a different job where I can put my skills to better use, or you know, another thing like as I started, like I said, started doing the front as doing the front counter, so <clears throat> there was a lot of interaction with the the, the 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 public and answering the phones. And phones for the longest time always gave me like anxiety attacks almost. I got got better. You know, over the over time, like practicing and and uh, when I was like, when I was in college and uh, high school, I took a lot of acting classes before before I even knew I was on the on the spectrum. I think that every time I look at stuff, I think that's really helped me throughout my, my life is because it's almost a class for um, for learning how to how to how to act, you know, how neurotypicals kind of react to situations right. and. That kind of stuff, but literally, <laughs> like in attacking classes, but like, oh, here's how people act. Okay, <laughs> that that's why those neurotypicals are acting like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's why that. Okay, <laughs> it was it, it's really weird, but okay, now I understand. <laughs> what would you say to um, companies the next time that they have a senior leadership level position available in regards to hiring neurodiverse folks um, to fill that position? Yeah, I'd say definitely. I mean, it's. Uh, I'd say definitely take take a bit of the risk. You know, it might take a little bit more training at, at, at first, but you know, be open, be open to that, and be open to the, the 
new ideas. It's one of the things like, you know, if you're, if you've got someone neurodiverse in this position, they're going to have, they might have new ways of doing that, that position. So be open to seeing how that, how their methods work and how, you know, if it's, if it's might end up being more efficient, might end up being, you know, better for the company. Uh And um, if there's people listening that want to learn more about you or Blue Star Recyclers and and all the work that your company does, how would they go about doing that? Um, Yeah, so we're on the web. We're uh, www.bluestarrecyclers.org. And you can get a hold of me, uh, just Tom at bluestarrecyclers.com. Pretty simple. Now, a big part of, of this podcast, Autism Stories, is about um, non-disabled um, people learning from disabled people as, as folks that are the true experts of their experience. Um, in thinking about that, I'm wondering, what do you think um, non-disabled leadership team has learned from you at Blue Star Recyclers um, as becoming part of that team? Yeah, I think one of the things they 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 learned is um that the 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 spectrum is called a, a, a spectrum for a reason. So I might be really good at like four or five things, but it's like that one thing that you would think would be common sense that you know I would oh you can do all these things. You might was if I've learned to be able to like they've learned that oh there's still bits that are that aren't quite you know that aren't at the same level. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, like, oh yeah, sometimes we'll forget that you're on the spectrum. Like, yeah, but sometimes, sometimes there's things that, like, I, that I have trouble doing or that I can't do. You know, they're like, oh yeah, after you know, they have to, so they have to start thinking a little more com- com- complexly about about strengths and weaknesses, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I have to be on social media a, a good amount of time each day, um, running my business. Sometimes I love it. Other times I think, why am I spending so much of my time doing this? What are some tips you've discovered um, or some strategies in making social media successful for Blue Star Recyclers? Well, one of the things I found that I try to use my, my, own, my own voice in it. Like, I'll, you know, use some corporate social media and stuff are very dry and very like, come look at our thing. But I'll, I'll always try to give it like a, I'll give it my, my, my voice almost like a little bit more casual like I'm talking to somebody. I'll kind of, you know, I'll, I'll um, you know, and it makes it a little bit easier to read a little bit, you know, put a little bit of, a little bit of humor in it and a little bit of, in, 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 cause it's people who pay attention to a lot of social media, you know, they'll, they they can tell bullshit from, from, you know, honest, uh, posts. So, you know, it's very, it's nice, you know, just kind of keep that communication open that, that they, you know, that your, your audience usually knows kind of what they're, <laughs> you know, what they're getting. So you just try to, Keep you know have an have an open voice and kind of and I another thing I do that makes it a little bit a little bit easier for me is like you know sometimes I'll just kind of like gamify it set goals like oh you know maybe if I if I if we can get like X amount of followers you know try I'll try to like set little goals like that or like oh you know we're we've got this list of companies to, to, to today on social media I'll try to find their their management or try to find you know sort of like pull little tasks out of there and kind of. To make it interesting, to make it. Now, what, what, uh, like, do you have any like future goals in terms of your work with Blue Star Recyclers, or? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, like I said, we, we're we're doing mostly resale right now, but I'd love to. Um, our goal, if, if, if eventually, is to also um, do more 
digital equity stuff, get, get computers in the hands of uh, low income families and people who don't, people who don't have internet, you know, um, especially like the, our location, uh, here in, in Denver is, is in an, in an economic opportunity zone, which means like half people in our, I think maybe 60, only maybe 50% of the people within about five or six miles of our, of our location have a computer in, in their, in their house, you know, and so are trying to, you know, do some more with that and kind of give, give, give back and be able to, that way we can also offer that service to companies like, Hey, you know, your computers will get reused, you know, in, in a, in a, in a good, good way. And are you, are you getting like more of a, a, a demand for, for your services to do, during the pandemic? Yeah. Um, it's been, yeah, we've been fairly steady um, during the pandemic, which has been, uh, which has been pretty good to actually um, re- re- recyclers are a, um, is essential workers it's essential business so we and, um, I think I think a lot of people too were uh, cleaning out their houses when they were all on on lock lockdowns <laughs> we've got you know all the stuff in their basements and <laughs> oh so you're getting a lot more donations yeah we've been getting more like because uh, you know we also do we do we still get a bunch of TVs and a bunch of everything else. We're still getting a bunch of stuff people have had in their basement forever. <laughs> Realizing, oh, I, I I have this thing. Yeah. Where can I donate it? I guess Blue Star mm-hmm. Recyclers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and we're 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 uh, East Stewards certified, which is like the, the most stringent like uh, certification where you have to you know all the everything has to end, nothing can go in the landfill. Everything has to be like ethically, ethically just, just disposed of usually within the United States or like, you know, in certain ways that are, cause a, a lot of e-waste, if you, um, you know, if, if it's not, if it's just put in the dump or, you know, gone, gone to a non-certified company, it ends up in Indonesia and Africa and sort of like, there's these little, there's these big trash dumps that like, people go through and harvest stuff. But it's really like not, 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 not healthy or, or safe. So we try to make sure everything gets ethically taken care of. Well, Tom, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for uh, having this conversation with me. Yeah, my, my, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks so much to Tom for the conversation. To learn more about Tom and Blue Star Recyclers, check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. You can also find a link for a free call to learn how all the different ways Coaching from Autism Personal Coach can help you, so book a call with me today. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, Becca Laurie Hector and Andrew Camaro return to Autism Stories to talk about their new podcast, Two Autistics Talk Money. Talk to you then.